Well, good day, everybody. This is uh, Ehud, son of Dennis, coming to you live from the middle west of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Uh, certainly, certainly there is liberty, there is justice for all in this country. Uh, it just takes on different measures depending on who you know and how much money you have. And that speaks to the sinfulness of man, the sinful hearts of man, the sinfulness that we are all born and bred with. Thank you to Adam and Eve. Welcome to It's a Religion, uh, the podcast that seeks to speak about uh, the Bible, God's Word, and uh, somehow apply that to life and look at things from a spiritual lens instead of just uh, a humanistic point of view that speaks to things from, uh, I don't want to say the way God would want it to be because I don't know that all the time, but we can talk about what he says in his word and how that might apply to life and why we see things uh, happening the way that they do in this world today. And uh, my wife and I had an interesting conversation yesterday that I'll hit on here for a sec. Uh, it was uh, uh, about the idea, and again, I apologize for the road noise. I'm on the road today and still wanted to lay this down because it's, it's, uh, it's been a good thing trying to be consistent with this. So um, the... Uh, expectancy we have as Christians you know you have one one track that says your best life now Mr. Olstein and company and, and God bless him you know like Paul says praise God that Christ is preached and people still get saved you know I believe people get saved in the Catholic Church people get saved in the Protestant Church people get saved in uh, you know a lot of different places but I don't believe there's many ways to God because there is only one way, which we saw in a movie the other night called Woodlawn, which I highly recommend if you haven't seen it yet. Even if you're not a Christian, it's just a good movie. Um, it talks about uh, issues of, of race, unfortunately, that we still get into to this day, and uh, which shouldn't be because we're all one race. Again, I keep pounding that point, but I'm going to keep pounding that point because it's true. We are one race, human being. We are called. And uh, though we're from different cultures, different areas of the planet, uh, different ways of thinking, uh, you know, there's there's only one race, folks. And it's either it comes in one of two flavors, uh, one with an M, one with an F. And, you know, this whole idea of 6,000 different genders and all this other uh, stuff is basically just people mocking God, people thumbing their nose at God, and it comes at the behest of, I believe, the enemy, Satan, um, who is a real being and is uh, uh, the cause of a lot of, a lot of pain. But uh, so my wife and I were talking about that, like, why should we expect anything different than what we see? You know, the world doesn't want the truth. The world doesn't want what God has to offer. Um, it's been that way from the foundations of the church and certainly before that um, with the Israelites. Um, God's ways are not the world's ways. And the fact that we're hated 
by the world should make perfect sense to all of us who claim Christ and who put our faith in Christ. And, you know, it, it should not be a question mark. And uh, John MacArthur, my wife, was listening to one of his messages, and uh, he brought up that point. I just thought it's, it's so uh, true. You know, we, we tend to think or get caught up in this uh, emotional side of it, like, oh, man, why... Why do I always seem different than everybody else? Why do I always feel like I'm, I'm swimming upstream? And, uh, well, it's because you are. And uh, because you are different than most everybody else. And it's not going to feel good a lot of the time. Because it's not supposed to because this is not your home. So, um, today... I'm going to let uh, Mr. Alexander Scorby read the Bible to us um, from 1 Thessalonians 2, which is where we started here the other day. And uh, um, let's just, let's go there and then we'll come back and talk about it. For yourselves, brethren, know our entrance in unto you, that it was not in vain. But even after that we had suffered before and were shamefully entreated, as ye know, at Philippi, we were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel of God with much contention, where our exhortation was not of deceit, nor of uncleanness, nor in guile. But as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God, which trieth our hearts. For neither at any time used we flattering words, as ye know, nor a cloak of covetousness, God is witness. Nor of men sought we glory, neither of you nor yet of others, when we might have been burdensome, as the apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherisheth her children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because ye were dear unto us. For ye remember, brethren, our labor and travail, for laboring night and day, because we would not be chargeable unto any of you, we preached unto you the gospel of God. Ye are witnesses, and God also, how holily and justly and unblameably we behaved ourselves among you that believe. As ye know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you, as a father doth his children, that ye would walk worthy of God, who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. For ye, brethren, became followers of the churches of God which in Judea are in Christ Jesus. For ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews, who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets, and have persecuted us. And they please not God, and are contrary to all men, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved, to fill up their sins alway. For the wrath is come upon them to the uttermost. But we, brethren, being taken from you for a short time, in presence, not in heart, endeavored the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. Wherefore, we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan hindered us. For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming. For ye are our glory and joy. Chapter 3. So it's kind of a neat way to finish, Paul, for ye are our glory and joy. The work that he did, that Paul did, 
was in people, right? And if you look at, there's a, uh, a series called The Chosen that's out now that I think is pretty neat. And again, I don't know how bib- biblically accurate it is when it comes to how these people interacted with each other because it's... It, it tries to look at the stories of the people involved with Jesus and also, you know, his work when he was here from a, uh, a new new way, if you will, or just an updated way. But uh, um, it's, it's uh, you know, he, said, he calls Peter, like in the last episode I watched with my boys, to, uh, it's right after they catch all the fish and Peter's on his knees going, Lord, leave me. I'm a sinful man. And he's like, look, I'm going to you know, stop worrying about the fish, Simon. I'm going to make you fishers of men. And that's really, you know, at the end of the day, that's what this is about. It's not about building buildings or creating the best worship team or, not, or having programs running all over the place to uh, help people. Not that those all aren't good things. But the bottom line is saving souls, because no matter what good you do on this planet, that is only going to last a limited time. And the only thing that's going to last is that which is in heaven. And that's why the Bible talks a fair amount about that. Um, store up yourselves treasures, not on earth, but in heaven. Not that we shouldn't be good stewards of what God's given us. Not that we shouldn't prepare um, for the future and, and have a good plan and and do work and earn and save and, and uh, invest and things like that. You know, there's nothing wrong with any of that. But we don't put our trust and confidence in all that. We put our trust and confidence in Christ, what he did for us, who he is. And, uh, you know, he's on the throne interceding for us on a daily basis. And what a beautiful thing that is. But some highlights I wanted to bring out of this. I was focused on verse 12 today. Um, but I'm going to go back. You know, you are witnesses, and God also holily and justly and justly and unblameably we behaved ourselves among you that believe. So Paul is saying, hey, you know, we did our work, you know, and we weren't playing games. We weren't working around the edges. We weren't uh, uh, providing falsehoods to people and trying to cheat our way or lie our way into uh, success. But we behaved ourselves among you uh, unblameably and justly, he says. As you know how we have exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you, as a father does his children. And that is the care Paul had for all the people that he ministered to. And uh, it's just, it's really a beautiful thing when you look at his life and what he accomplished um, through that life. uh, It's a pretty neat deal. You know, you you can't really argue with what Paul was able to do with his life and how big of an effect it had on so many people and what a, what a wonderful thing it is. So, um, and then verse 12, that ye would walk worthy of God who has called you unto his kingdom and glory. So again, he hasn't called us unto an earthly life that is your best life now. He's called us unto his kingdom and his glory, his kingdom and glory. Right, So, you know, our hope is that we're going to be with him when he comes, when he returns, because that does seem like it's more and more imminent all the time. Uh, And or when we pass from this earth, we'll be with him in spirit in heaven. And uh, uh, however that's going to look, right? So it's for his kingdom 
<clears throat> not mine. It's for his kingdom and his glory, not mine. And so instead of walking in pride, we should be walking in humility. You know, I had I brought that up the other day, but I'm going to keep pounding that message home too. We should have a uh, humility month. You know, the world is so full of its own pride. Oh, I want to take pride in, uh, you know, fornication. I want to take pride in, in thumbing my nose at God's ways, that a man should be with a woman, and that should be called marriage. And, uh, you know, it's, it's called a bad thing when two men try and, and do something that is only reserved to be between a man and a woman, or two women do that. Or, you know, a man calls himself a woman, or a man dresses in women's clothes, or uh, it's an evil thing and a sinful thing. And to call that right and good and, oh, they're just being who they are, no, they have a problem. It is a problem. It's a mental issue because it's abnormal. The definition of normalcy comes from God. And because we were created by God in him and for him, and uh, uh, with a purpose in mind, right? Now, not everybody is created the same. Some people have issues um, when they come out of the womb. We all have one issue in that we're all sinful at heart and in mind. But we may have physical issues. We may have uh, um, things because, again, of sin and because of the, the detriment to our uh, genome over time and the variations that... Uh, you know what's interesting? I never thought about this, but Democrats and you know, the left political party will always come out and, and claim someone else is doing what they're doing. So they'll, they'll say, oh, so-and-so is lying about this one. They're the ones actually lying. They're just going to claim somebody else is so they can get away with it. And they do this all the time. And I never realized it before, but that's exactly what science does. When science comes out and says, oh, random variation causes change. Therefore, that's how we got here because change improved us over time. And now we're what you see today, and we're continuously improving. And so it's the same exact scenario, right? They're claiming that what in reality is happening is that change is causing detriment to our function, causing, causing detriment to our decay in our human genome so that there's more and more disease, there's more and more uh, deformity, there's more and more issues. You know, there's still good that's in there because of, I believe, because of God's glory. But at the end of the day, you know, science is claiming that's somehow a good thing that we, you know, things vary and that's going to make us better. When in reality, it's going to continue to make things worse. Um, you know, the second law of thermodynamics says everything trends toward disarray. And that's true. You know, eventually, if God doesn't come back, God doesn't send his son back to save us uh, as a final act, you know, the world's going to decay, the sun's going to decay, and uh, our physical being is going to decay to a point where, I don't know, you know, I'm not sure what it's going to look like 100,000 years from now if we're still around. So it's very interesting. And, and again, we all have a choice in this matter to put faith in what we choose to put faith in. And uh, you're going to have faith either way. You're going to be religious either way. When you wake up in the morning, um, you have faith that the sun's going to come up. Why? Well, because it came up yesterday. And uh, you believe that it's going to come up tomorrow. So you're putting faith in that fact. And um, even though you can't see it, you can't see the sun before it comes up. 
but you're still like, hey, it's still there. So, and there's a lot of things we do. You know, one of the, the best examples I have of faith, I think, is in uh, radio waves. I mean, you're, you're driving down the road right now, and you've got thousands of radio waves cutting through you right now in your car. Um, you know, you can't, and, and again, even light waves from the sun, you can't see those waves um, physically cutting through your uh, car, and yet they're there. They're just as real. Um, just because you can't see them doesn't mean they're less real, right? So the point being is when you tune the dial in on the radio, guess what happens? Well, one of those waves becomes a form of communication that you can actually hear. And I liken that to when we uh, uh, read the Bible, when we come to understand who God is, when we hear God's word preached, and all of a sudden we tune into the right station and we go, hey, wait a minute, this God is real. This God created me. This God saved me and gave me hope and life. And uh, it's such a beautiful thing. And then, you know, obviously you gotta keep your tuner on at that station um, to continue to learn and grow in Christ and in God. But uh, but it's pretty neat, you know, if you think about it that way. You got to, you know, because there's plenty of other choices on the dial, isn't there, that that will offer you things of the world, things of uh, philosophies of man that will um, draw you away from God or draw you to other ideas and other things. And I think that, you know, and it's interesting, too, I never thought about this analogy, but when you go to a big city, there's even more right? There's more of those choices. And so in big cities, you tend trend toward liberalism more and you trend toward uh, secularism. And uh, there's so many more ways in which you can be depraved in a big city versus a rural community where you might not have as many radio stations, right? Not as much to choose from. And it just makes perfect sense that there are so many differences in those. And one of the things, uh, one of the articles I recently read maybe switching to the news a little bit here, um, was how our country is, is really looking at splitting up. You know, I, I don't know how, you know, Lincoln said a country divided uh, between itself can, cannot long stand. And as things are currently uh, set up, I don't know how that's possible. I mean, you've got 70 some million people that voted for Trump, and I really believe he's the one that got 80 million votes, not the other guy. And so... Uh, when you look at that and you've got a minority of this country uh, subverting the will of the, ma the majority and now actually trying to say someone who voted for Trump is somehow a white supremacist, I mean, it is the most poppycock-filled uh, piece of dung that I think anyone has ever come up with. And yet, think about this for a minute. What did I just say about Democrats? They offer and claim to others what they themselves are. So when our current Department of Justice head comes out and says, uh, yeah, you know, white supremacy is the biggest issue that we have, pointing his finger at Trump supporters, I would, would turn the thing back on them and say, yeah, you know what, buddy? That's you guys. Democrats are the biggest white supremacists on the planet. 
And a lot of black people go right along with it, which amazes me to this day. I mean, you see what's going on with this guy now, one of the senators in Rhode Island. I think it was Rhode Island or Delaware. Maybe it was Delaware. And he's uh, part of this all-white club, which I, I didn't even know something like that existed. You know, some people would say, well, yeah, a lot of golf courses are like that. And I'm, and I'm like, yeah, but it's not by choice. It's just because black people don't like golf, a lot of them. I, you know, I don't know if that's a cultural thing or what, but it just is, you know. Uh, I would love to see more diversity on the golf course. But you know what? It doesn't matter. Who gives a, a rip? How many people of darker skin color do anything? How many people of lighter skin color do anything? People can choose to do what they want to do, period. You know, if all of a sudden it became a, a fad that within the black culture, every all, all black kids wanted to play tennis. Well, great, go play tennis and kill it. You know, Venus and, and her sister, right? Are, are, have been great tennis players and great for the sport. Tiger Woods and golf, great golfer, right? But why do we make a big deal out of that? Just because the guy's got different colored skin. That's racism, people. We shouldn't be looking at people because of differences in their skin color. Now, you can look at people differently because of where they're from, maybe. Uh, you know, the attitudes that they have or the fact they're a Christian or not a Christian, maybe, or they're a Buddhist or a whatever. But when it comes to just seeing somebody and, and there's particular shade... You shouldn't be judging things on that. And we can we can all do that to an extent. We can all do that in ways that, that aren't healthy or unproductive. So I, uh, I just encourage folks, you know, to really think about that. But people should be free to do what they want. We shouldn't be judging others on what they choose. I mean, I would even say, go as far as to say, if, if two men want to claim they're married and do that, hey, there's a judge that's going to... Uh, discuss that with you someday and if you really are comfortable with that that's your business but when you try and tell me that I have to believe that that's okay when I don't and I don't think it's right to believe that that's okay well that's a problem I shouldn't have to believe that just because it will make you feel better just like I shouldn't have to bake you a cake for your wedding if I don't support that kind of thing that is my choice it's your choice to walk that way to want to be married in that way or claim that you can be married in that way, albeit the state may uh, tip a hat to that, but I, I certainly know that God doesn't because he's called that his word an anathema. It's, it's a bad thing. So anyway, that's, uh, that's probably enough on that. And, you know, even if you go back, going back to uh, Thessalonians, you look at... Uh, verse 15 there, uh, who have killed both Lord Jesus and their own prophets and have persecuted us and they please not God and are contrary to all men. Why do we think that the world, I mean, these guys are religious guys, right? They're religious guys that are doing this, a lot of them, the Jewish people, right? They claim to be the God's chosen people and yet they killed Christ and persecuted Paul and those guys for going against what they thought was their uh, finished faith, which Jesus came to say, no, wait a minute, all of this pointed to me. You guys got to get this, which they, you know, to this day, a lot of them still have. So it's an interesting proposition. 
one that uh, you know it is what it is so I don't know that that uh, it's going to change anytime soon right so oh and there's so many things going on in this world today um, after the the pandemic, I like to call it, that was not a pandemic, but it was used as a, as a tool to basically cheat in an election to try and get someone out of office that was actually getting things done and making the political class look like a bunch of fools. And it really is sad to see people still come out and try and give Trump a hard time. And all he was doing was trying to make America better, make America a better place to live for everybody. That man does not have a racist bone in his body. Now, again, I don't know how Christian or unchristian he is. You know, I'm sure people will debate that for many years. But that's between him and God. But what I do know is most of the policies outside of him want to spend a ton of money, which I think was, was not right you know we need to kill off half the federal budget at this point um, because we don't need to spend all that money it is so ridiculous Uh, it needs to go back in the private sector let people invest and and take chances and do things anyway but uh, um, you know things have changed certainly not for the better from a worldly point of view. And, you know, the church, a lot of people say, well, yeah, the church hasn't stepped up and has allowed it. And to a certain degree, you could certainly make that argument. But, um, you know, God knows. He knows who are his and who are going to become his. You know, if he is omniscient, that implies that he is everywhere all the time at any moment. And so, uh, which is an amazing feat, for one, and two, um, makes a, a statement about uh, the fact that he already knows what's going to happen 100 years from now. And I think that's, you know, when people talk about the idea of election, I think that's part of it, you know, through his foreknowledge. You know, he knows who are going to be his. And, uh, you know, how that happens or who does what when, you know, I'll leave that to him to decide because... I'm done trying to figure it out, but I believe it doesn't make sense to me that without uh, a choice in the matter, that uh, faith would be faith, because as soon as somebody says, well, God's the one that gives you the faith to believe, well, it's no longer your faith, and Christ said multiple, multiple times, your faith has made you well, your faith has made you whole, your faith has done this, has allowed you to see this, has allowed this to happen. And he did not once say, the faith God has given you has allowed this to occur. Which, um, in terms of God's glory, I would think he would have have certainly said that somewhere along the line, if that was the case. So, anyway, and that's not a hill to die on either. You know, I'm not going to argue with anybody about that anymore. I've done that, been there, done that, not doing it again. And uh, God is the only one who saves, period. It doesn't really matter how it's done. Um just that you do put your faith and trust in him so but there's so much uh, going on in the world today that that uh, you know you look at what's going on at the FBI 
and it's a sad state to think that that they possibly had a hand in this January 6th deal um, I just oh, it breaks my heart to think that anybody in this country would would do something like that would basically uh, whoa oh my goodness that's insane the semi tipped over on the other side of the road like up on the side of a hill geez I hope that guy's okay or gal but um Biden's America exercising First Amendment makes you a terrorist. Hmm. Yeah, there you go, January 6th. And, you know, when I think about that that time and the people that went in there, I just, again, I wonder how that got started, if it really was at the behest of the FBI, because I, they flipped that narrative so fast um, once that happened. Uh, Trump had legitimate claims and they knew it. Um, they had to do something. And I think somebody had a brainchild when they realized that Trump was going to have people there in Washington on the 6th. <clears throat> and for all of, of Donald's uh, wisdom, you know, because he's a pretty sharp cat when it comes to how people are going to play things out, politics in general. Um, he's played the game pretty good. But in this case, I think he got had. I think he got had on the vaccines. I think he got had on January 6th. Um, by doing that, he gave them an opportunity to change the narrative completely and flip it on its head. And now, you know, a lot of this stuff is coming out that, wait a minute, you know, there were people involved in this, insurrect, you know, insurrecting the insurrectionists and trying to, you know, and again, when you look at what happened with the people at the Capitol and the only person that died, the only person that was armed, the only people that were armed were the cops. There wasn't anybody from the Trump side that was armed inside of that building that day. And you got, you know, for people like uh, AOC to come out, oh, it was like serving in wartime. It's pretty, pretty silly. You know, we need to be praying for those folks. And uh, anyway, I'm going to let it go today at this point and focus on my driving. But uh, thank you for spending a little bit of time on the road with me today. This is Ehud, son of Dennis, um, praying that you would be blessed and kept in the Lord today. That uh, if you don't know him, you would seek him out. And it says, seek me and you will find me in the Bible, somewhere in there. And uh, knock and it shall be opened and, and so on and so forth. And so... Uh, if you don't know God, pick up a Bible somewhere, find the book of John, and, uh, and go to town on it. And, uh, have a great day. We'll talk to you next time.